my purpose is to educate, equip, and encourage individuals to make healthy eating the easier choice. Welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs, drivers, and social impactors who use purpose as the driver to achieve greatness. My name is Kobi Mponsa, and I'm here to provide you with priceless value that will last a lifetime. So let's get right into it. All right, welcome to another episode of the Purposeful Story Podcast. Today we have Amanda Lee, (laughs) founder of Wellness Simplified. She is a nutrition counselor with a master's in nutrition. Um, She's also an instructor instructor at George Brown College in the hospitality and culinary arts program. Amanda is just really focused on putting quality content together and, you know, providing that really thorough information. I follow Amanda. Mm-hmm. I've been following Amanda for on social media for a while now. I met her through the Brampton Entrepreneurship Center and she's just really relentless in her focus and on her craft. You know, when it comes to nutrition, there's so much information out there. It's endless. And sometimes you can get lost in it, right? What's the truth and what isn't the truth. Um, but Amanda does an excellent job of narrowing down what's important and what's most useful. So, Amanda, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. So, how are you feeling right now in this instance? How am I feeling? Oh, right now, I'm feeling okay. If you're going to ask me the last seven months, I will say there's been ups and downs, happy happy tears, sad tears, mm-hmm. <laughs> like frustration, anger, all the feels. Um, but what I realized is it's actually okay to feel like different emotions all at one time. It's never all or nothing, right? And that's what mm-hmm. I've really come to realize this past year. Uh, but at this very moment, I'm feeling great. <laughs> I can see that. I can see the, the smile on your face. You, you really really sound positive right now. I can, I can feel your energy virtually. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to perfect that right now. It's like, how do, how do I bring my enthusiasm across through monitors and screens? <laughs> You're doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> so Amanda, where were you born and raised? I was born in Scarborough and then I was raised mostly in Mississauga. So most of my life I actually lived in Mississauga. Um, and then the last, I would say five years, um, I've been living in Brampton. Got you. And what was that experience like for you growing up in Mississauga? Yeah, like more like the suburbs. Um, it yeah. was good. Um, I got to meet, a, like it was very, very, um, I think it's like ethnically diverse as well mm-hmm. as different socioeconomic classes as well. Um, so I think I, I was able to meet a lot of different people. I could hear a lot of different people's stories, their different paths, how they got there. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. And it was very safe, right? Like where, where I lived, it was never like, oh, you can't go outside. Like when we want to just go to the park by ourselves. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed living in like Mississauga slash Brampton. <laughs> Got you. And where did your interest for nutrition derive from? Where did that come from? 
Well, when I was growing up, I, my grandma took care of us a lot. So me and my cousins, we all kind of grew up together and she was like an avid cook. Like she loved cook to cook. Um, that was like really the way that she showed us love would be like making us like homemade bone broth and all these other Chinese delicacies. So I really got inspired from that, but not only, um, from just be, so that was one side of things, but I also saw the power of food because when we were younger, anytime we were sick, um, um, yes, there was a conventional, um, you know, the doctor that we would see our family doctor, but we also went to see a traditional Chinese a practitioner several times as well like, throughout my entire life. Um, and so I got to see the power of food because there are certain prescriptions where it wasn't any drugs, no herbals. It was just changing our diet. Right. So that was our, my first kind of insight where it's like, wow, like food does have way more powers than just providing those calories, right. Or protein and carbs and fat. Uh, fast forward to grade 12, a uh, food and nutrition class. That is really where I was like, when my instructor told me, like my teacher at that time, she was like, you seem really fascinated. Do you know that you could actually like specialize in this? Like, did you know there's a career path, like specifically on just nutrition and food? And I was like, I, my jaw just dropped. I'm like, people do this for a living? I was like, this is so much fun. Like, how is this even possible, right? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of how it then began in terms of my um, education stream. Um, and then now as a dietitian. Gotcha. And which, where, which school did you go to for that? I went to University of Guelph. Got you. And how was that experience like for you? You know, so you, it was a degree in nutrition? Yes. So it was a four-year undergraduate program in applied um, human nutrition at University of Guelph. I absolutely loved it. And like, honestly, you know how there's just so, so much power in like a really good prof or teacher. I remember yes. going for a, a open house, like a, you know, the spring previews where you can kind of watch, do, do a tour of the campus just to see if you really want to go there. So I went to um, that spring preview and the, there was a prof and she was in the nutrition department and she just so, so happened. It was her speaking, giving a sample um, lecture for students and like everyone else, they may not be, have, they may not have been in the nutrition program or applied to it, but it was just like a sample lecture. Right. But the moment I heard her speak, I told my parents, I was like, I'm coming here now and I'm going to be working under this prof. I'm just telling you. Right. And like it actually happened, though, like I actually got to work with her. I did my undergrad thesis uh, with her and I got a paper published by the third year I was in university with that professor that I like heard her speak. And like to this day, it's just so crazy how things work. And this is why relationship and building relationships is so important because you never know how your past will come again. So just two years ago, so now that I work at university, sorry, not university, uh, George Brown College, we got a grant essentially where my job um, was to find people to fund. Like, what a great job is that, wow, right? It's like, that's I'm giving people money, please just apply, right? And so um, it was nutrition related though. We wanted to create a cookbook for people um, and we wanted to find different projects that needed that type of skill set, right? And so then I reached out to her because I knew she was running a um, research program. It's called the Guelph Family Health Study. So essentially, it's going to be one of the longest prospective studies monitoring different families um, and how food and other healthy habits like sleep and exercise has an impact from infancy all the way to older, um, like when a person is older. So like what the habits that you ingrain in your child young, how is that going to then pass on to when they're 30, they're 40, et cetera. Um, and so when I heard she was doing that research, I was like, 
this is great. Like they need cookbooks and like they were actually um, creating their own. But then with our help, we were able to kind of um, kind of think outside the box and create something really wonderful with videos and, and you know, uh, tutorials and whatnot. So anyway, so yeah, it was like so cool. So I got to work with her and then I got to help her at the end as well after um, I graduated. That's powerful. That's powerful. And you actually went to go and do a master's in nutrition as well. Yes. So to become a dietitian, you have to do at least a one-year internship program, but mm-hmm. there's programs where you can also get a master's and internship combined together. So what, that's what I ended up doing. I did a um, combined route. So I got to complete my one-year internship. And then alongside that, I also did a course-based master's um, at University of Guelph again. It's, I'm just fascinated how you continue to just educate yourself on your craft endlessly. You know, a lot of people, <laughs> I mean, you went and did a whole degree on nutrition. Then you went and did a master's in nutrition. We were just talking offline how you're, you're taking a course right now yes. on nutrition. Like the learning never stops. Mm-hmm. Why is that for sure? I think the more, so after I graduated and became, like, so once I wrote my licensing exam to become a dietitian and I started practicing, then the next thing was like, I started working, right? One year into working, I was like, is this it? Like, is this my rest of my life? And then I got scared. I was like, this cannot be it. I'm like, I'm already getting bored at the one year mark, right? And so at that point, I was trying to look at like, what need is there? Like now as a practicing dietitian, what other needs or skill set is there that I can then basically fill in the gaps in, like in terms of our current industry. And one of the biggest things I saw was the lack of food skills. And this is where, this is what excites me the most is like, I cannot, I had the impact of not only providing the nutrition education piece, but also the hands-on food skill piece. So that's when I then decided to go to culinary school. Mm-hmm. So that was my next path. So I was working as a dietitian, went to culinary school. I did that. And then I started my own practice because of the, um, I guess the new skill set I, I now attained is like I have the food and I also have the nutrition uh, knowledge. And then, um, yeah, so my business was birthed out of, of the, that education. And then as I kind of continued again, practicing like that, I just kept on finding like, what is the root cause of these nutrition issues? Because even in schooling, we take an approach where it's kind of similar to conventional medicine, which is like, what's the symptoms? What's the mm-hmm. diet treatment or um, kind of treatment protocol that will now put that client of ours on to then um, basically quote unquote fix or manage that particular issue, right? But then I always had these questions where it's like, okay, I'm doing- How did, how, how did that happen in the first place? Exactly. And how come like they're still having to be put on these medications? Like what is, what else is there, you know, to the story, which I just didn't feel like I had enough of. And there was always, again, just, I just kept on having all these questions. So I was like, okay, there's more to this. Right. <laughs> and so this is why, um, then it sparked me to go into functional nutrition, uh, which is what I'm doing right now. So it's through, it's called integrated functional uh, nutrition certificate. So essentially it kind of really dives into, again, more of the uh, biochemistry within the body, but also looking really into the root um, cause of Hmm. that disease um, and the origin of it and how we can then uh, go about starting to kind of peel back the layers. Um, And it's very much looking at it from holistic approach. So when I do assessments now, I will even ask questions about infancy, like how were you born? Like questions like that, where I, wow. and then, or what are some big traumas that's occurred in your life? Because all of those, you have to think of it like health is not just one little bubble of nutrition, right? Because sleep, 
your stress, your emotional, um, you know, uh, how you manage your emotions is another really key part of things too. Um, but I think, yeah, when we talked offline, I was saying like, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know, like a lot, <laughs> there's so much more to learn. I'm sure like after the certificate, I'll just keep on going. Um, but yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. And you know, you're seeking all this information, you're learning all this stuff. Do you yeah. find yourself getting into situations where you learn one thing and then the new thing that you learn contradicts what you just learned? Like, is there like a mm. crossover like that? Or you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, no, for sure. I would say most definitely because because um, especially when I kind of compare and contrast my traditional um, dietitian education to what I'm learning right now, I'll, some of these things do, um, they're, they're very conflicting because, and this is where I guess there's so much nuances with personalized nutrition um, compared to just generalization of what we say like, oh, this is the, you know, um, the average intake that everyone should be achieving is this. And then now in school I'm learning, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like that is probably almost like deficiency for some people. Yet mm -hmm. others could be toxic levels. Right. Um, so it's those kind of like huge light bulb moments. And I'm like, like just learning that makes me almost sometimes I'm, I'm a little scared now. Cause I'm like, do I even know anything? And I sometimes <laughs> feel like I'm like, Oh, like, I just feel like I, I'm, you know, I'm not, um, like at a point where I even want to give recommendations. I mean, there, I mean, I still know I know the stuff, but it's just like the more you learn again, it's just, it's really fascinating. I just, I, yeah, I love learning. <laughs> Got you. Mm -hmm. Now, even with, so just let me, let me, let me take a, a step back here. Right. Sure. So there's so much information out there, you know, it's, it's a testament to you just even saying how much you're learning on your own. Mm. Right. Um, but how do you, how does one, figure out what's true and what's not true, right? You know, you have so many documentaries right now yes. on nutrition. You know, you have, um, I think one's called like, I mean, there's so many. You yes. have, I think one's called like, What the Health, yep. right? You have mm -hmm. Game or Changers. Game Changers, yeah. Right? Game Changers <laughs> is a classic one. And mm -hmm. you have a massive debate, especially around being vegan. Um, yes. But how does one navigate through what is actually healthy and what isn't? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the one thing I always, again, when I'm teaching, I always tell my students, it's like information is not lacking, right? There's so much information out there, there's so much research, and you can always find research to back up your hypothesis or your fact that you want to portray to others, right? And this is where um, I guess like the general public don't realize that because like you're usually only seeing one side of the story where it's like one person has this viewpoint and they're going to find, you know, cherry pick research is what I like to call it, right? And Confirmation so bias. Exactly. Yeah. So the best thing for people to do is like, like when you have a hypothesis and you're questioning it, walk in with an empty slate, don't have any other like preconceived ideas and just really open your eyes to what's out there and look at everything, the vast. And this is why people do like systematic, like um, meta-analyses and everything, right? Where we're looking at a bunch of different research and then drawing conclusions from there. But also this is where you have to look at it. Like, where is it? Like, is it really valid? How reliable is this research? Like how much, um, how many people did they actually survey or what, who, who was actually, um, um, the experimental groups that were, that were used. And so all of those have, have to play a role in that final decision. And I think still like with nutrition, it's still considered a very uh, new uh, field of science, right? And the more we learn, again, it's just going to keep on exposing 
things and like maybe like one day like again what we think is true right now may not be kind of like that whole idea with eggs where people were like oh in the past like everyone said no eggs if you have high cholesterol and now new research has found like okay no actually it's not in the cholesterol it's not the cholesterol in eggs that's causing people to have high cholesterol so it's actually a-okay for people to eat eggs and i think there's going to be more and more of that um as again uh just new research kind of unfolds got you so I'm sure you get tons of questions from your clients as well, right? As these different fads come along, you know, I've, I'm in the, the, the health technology industry and, and I'm a powerlifter as well. And there's always a fad. There's always a new fad at some point in time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for example, like let's say a client comes to you and says carbs are bad. Yes. Right. What's, what, what sort of advice do you, do you give to them when they come to you with that information? Uh, when they ask me if carbs are bad. (laughs) Well, first I do like to ask like, where did you hear this from? Um, And kind of just get their, their, get their own, um, I guess, story as as to like, where did this even come from for for themselves? Right. Um, Cause I want to hear like, for me, firstly, like I don't want to refute that right off the bat because I think mm-hmm. like they had a reason for believing that in the first place. Right. So I don't want to dismiss that in any way. So I always want to hear again, the backstory. Um, and then from there, I will say, I understand this is how you feel, but let me show you, you know, two sides of the story as well. Right. And then I kind of go through the science of, of how, like, you know, it could be as simple as uh, explaining exactly how carbs are digested, right. Where carbs are from. Cause some people don't even realize vegetables are carb, right. So to say that all carbs are bad. Now you're saying vegetables are bad. Right, mm-hmm. which we I think we all know vegetables are good for us, right? Yeah. Um, so it's just like it's, it's just kind of breaking into really simple signs for them, and even there's the whole idea of sugar. People are always like, "Oh, sugar's all bad," but for some reason, people are like, "Maple syrup is good and honey is good." But it kind of it's kind of like, how does your body know what a glu- glucose from a honey is from, or glucose from coconut sugar, or glucose mm-hmm. from like white sugar? Your body doesn't know it's glucose, right? So um, yeah, I think it's just a lot of fear mongering. I think our society has kind of uh, played a lot of these foods where people are actually genuinely afraid to eat right and that's like the one thing I always want to make sure that I'm not doing with my own content is like I don't want to create a huge huge kind of again like a fear of um, eating this will cause this uh, type of mentality that is true because even with your, your your educational videos that you post you literally just you literally just lay out the facts and then it's up to the individual who's watching it to decide which direction to take. And I, I, I like mm-hmm. that approach. You're not mm-hmm. trying to lean to one side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just, here's the facts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Choose your direction you want to head in. Yes. Yeah. And again, everyone has their own, I always say everyone has to find their own unique way of eating. Right. So like what works for me may not work for you um, and vice versa. So it's just like everyone has to kind of be their own detective almost um, and be more in tuned with how their body feels like, you know, your body best. So even me as a practitioner, I may recommend something, but you come back two weeks later and says, actually, like when I took that, it didn't really sit well with me. Right. And I just have to, you know, just understand again, that they, that person may react differently and I have to be able to listen and trust that client of mine as well right and then we take another type of route um, when it comes to just in terms of treatment or management of it got you how do you come up with all of these recipes you know i mean you're always (laughs) coming up with these combinations like where do these ideas come from Honestly, I think every human being is a, we're creative people, right? Like every person is creative. And even when people say they're not creative, I'm like, no, you're, you're creative in your own way. Right. Um, so when it comes to just recipe building, honestly, my best recipes are one, I don't even know what I'm doing. I just go in the kitchen, open up my fridge, open my pantry and like what's around. And then I just make it right. And so that's kind of where 
that's how I kind of use that as my creativity outlet is I just, it's kind of like when I think it was a like top chef or chopped or, you know, when they give that like that black box and it's like, yes. here are the crazy ingredients. I'll make something out of it. That's the, my favorite way of like creating new recipes. Hmm. Does it always come out good? Sometimes not um, so good. Not always. <laughs> not always, but I usually can be like, even if it doesn't turn out the way I imagined to, I can then take it and spin it off into something else. Cause I hate throwing away food. So usually I'll be able to, unless the food gets stuck in the pan, in which case then I really cannot save it at that point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so your fridge must always be packed. Eh? Funny enough. It's not. And people will really? go around all the time where I have, I have friends and family that open my fridge like your fridge is empty how is this even possible so I'm a very much a person I like shopping as I go kind of thing and even with COVID I mean it's been harder because I would I used usually go several times a week and now it's like more limited um but yeah I don't like to keep a lot of stuff in my fridge I, I and because I enjoy cooking I don't batch cook so a lot of people think that I always like meal prep but I actually don't I actually make fresh stuff every day but that's just because I really enjoy it and I don't consider it a chore like if anything that's my break in the given day it's like okay I have an hour off like let me go in the kitchen and now I can kind of relax and like cook because I, I find it really enjoyable got you okay mm-hmm. yeah I was just imagining I was like I feel like Amanda's family everyone's going to Amanda's house knowing whenever they're hungry <laughs> go to Ama- go to Amanda's place but I guess that's not the case <laughs> it's funny though the one thing I will always have is dessert that's frozen oh, so because okay. I always have this thing where it's like because everyone thinks I have always have food and they always want to come over like ah friends will ask me to be like oh do you want to just chill and like you know just talk and whatnot so I always like I get anxious when I don't have dessert made and that's in the freezer because I always want to stash in there so that whenever like someone just says like I want to come over then I I know I have a stash um so that's the one thing you can always count on is that I'll have dessert (laughs) got you so Amanda from your perspective what's what is your definition of healthy food you know what I mean? Because everyone tends to associate being healthy with being vegan or eating greens. Um, and even if you're vegan, you can still, correct me if I'm wrong, you can still be unhealthy because there's a lot of, I guess you could say, quote unquote, unhealthy vegan foods or non-meat foods. So what's your definition of healthy, being healthy mm. and having healthy foods? Yeah. So my definition of healthy, like I said before, everyone has to find their own unique way of eating, right? So I like to look at it from different other parameters when it comes to what is considered healthy eating. So I like to also think of it as like, if someone is eating in a, in a healthy way, number one, they're actually providing their bodies with the nourishment that it, it actually requires and craves day to day. So it could be, you know, there's different balances of our macros, right? So our carbs, fat, and protein. So different people have different balances, but from a micronutrient standpoint, we really want to make sure we're hitting the vitamins and the minerals as well as different fibers um, in a given day. But beyond just nutrients, because people don't just eat nutrients, we eat food, right? And so one big um, idea when it comes to healthy eating is what's your relationship with food? Do you have a positive relationship with food or do you have a negative relationship with food? So what I mean by that is if someone has a positive relationship with food, they're not going to have to be so um, like precise and like nitpicky, weighing out everything. And I know like in the bodybuilding world, I mean, like they have different goals. So I understand why someone would need to weigh their foods. But for an average person, if you're not competing there's no need to like measure every ounce of food at least long term maybe for a short term just to kind of realize like what you're eating or what an actual portion size is but from a long-term perspective i don't really recommend people to always have to weigh their food or, or, or whatnot and the whole idea of being able to listen to your body and when it's full 
you stop. You don't eat mindlessly either. And that's another big part, right? Where people just like, all, like they just literally don't realize this pause the whole bag of chips because they're not even pay attention to what they eat. So it's like kind of slowing down and having that mindfulness with food. And like when we eat, we're just eating, right? We're not using it as a coping mechanism, which again, a lot of people do that too. So mm-hmm. I don't consider that as a healthy way of eating. Neither if someone's anxious about everything they eat, right? It's like, oh no, no, that's not gluten-free. Oh no, 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 that's not a hundred percent, you know, organic, right? Or no, 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 I, you know, like all these different things where I'm just like, what? Like you're going to drive yourself insane. So there's a little bit of kind of that moderation and like being just sensible. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, can't we just make things a little more simple? We're, we've complicated food so much now. Um, and so all of that just like makes it such a murky little like area when it comes to nutrition and food. Sometimes I don't mean like telling people I'm a dietitian because then they just throw out all these questions like, but you're eating this and you're eating that. I'm like, so <laughs> there's no such thing as a good food or a bad food. There's like a definite like, food can be more nutritious. Yes. But there's no such thing as a bad food. You can't call a donut bad. Like what? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyway. I like your <laughs> I perspective on that. Question. No, you definitely did. It's, it's, it's basically you're saying it's about perspective as well. And then, um, yeah, just through your relationship, right? That, that is, that is very true. Mm-hmm. That is very true because, yes. you know, I even, I know a lot of, a lot of bodybuilders and a lot of powerlifters. Um, and I know some of them, even just thinking about the way you've broken it down, a lot of them have bad relationships with food because you cannot be a powerlifter or you can be a bodybuilder mm-hmm. and you can be hate, you can hate the fact that you got to measure yourself every time and, and it can be mm-hmm. rough, you know, mind you, they are a different profession and, you know, they have to mm-hmm. do those things um, specifically, but Technically, you could argue that's yes. not a good relationship with food, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I definitely hear what you're saying. One thing that you touched on there as well is something that's organic, mm-hmm. right? How does one know if a fruit or a vegetable is actually organic? Do you know just by the label or do you got to do more research? Like, how would one know? Wait, sorry, I'm getting cut out. I'm going to move. I don't know if it's my end. But I didn't hear your question. No problem. Let me see if I sit here. If you can repeat that question again, I'm just gonna change rooms. <laughs> okay, were you saying organic? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was saying, um, basically, the definition of organic, right? Um, you have you go to a store and then they'll say mm-hmm. this fruit or vegetable is organic. But do you know it's organic just because they say it's organic or do you got to go and do more research and be like, okay, it was made from this farm. I know it's organic. There's no pesticides Mm -hmm. in there. How do you know what is organic? Yeah. So in Canada, it's actually quite strict. So if the label actually says certified organic and it has like the organic symbol on it, then you know, for sure it is. And like organic, it's definition is 97% of that content had to be organically grown. Um, and that's when they will prove it to be organic. And so um, with health Canada, they will actually go inspect the farm. Um, so they always have to kind of upgrade their per- permits and everything. Um, so if again, in Canada, that's, I don't know in other countries, but it is very, very strict. So if when it says organic you can be rest assured that it actually is and and organic what does that mean for something to be organic 
So organic has to do a lot with the farming systems. Um, so like, you know, there's different reg uh, regulations around whether or not you can use a certain uh, pesticide or herbicide, um, how animals are, are treated, how many times a day to get a go outside. Like there's all these different things depending on what item we're talking about, whether or not it's a crop or an actual um, like an animal, so like a cow, a pig, et cetera, or a dairy would be another one too. Mm -hmm. Got you. Okay. Now, looking at your whole career up until now, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many things that you do at once. You know, you, you're teaching, you're an instructor right now, you run Wellness Simpl Simplified, and within Wellness Simplified, you have so many different services. Mm -hmm. But how do you keep up with everything? Yeah, I love the fact that I have all these different arms of like what I do because it keeps things so exciting. Um, but my calendar, <laughs> I like live <laughs> off my calendar. Um, I put everything in from like the, the, just in terms of time in the day where it's like my rest time, time in the day where I talk to friends or see friends. Um, but I schedule everything and I make like whatever is a priority for me, it's going to be in the, in the calendar, right? So I will also block off specific times. Like if I know I'm teaching, obviously I can't open my calendar. But this is where like I think some of my clients get frustrated because they look at my calendar for booking and they're like, why is there so little slots? <laughs> it's like, well, um, because I have other things and like this is how many hours I want to spend on counseling. And what I've also realized now, especially in this time of COVID, because everything's so virtual, like everything's virtual. So yes, in some ways, my calendar can be slightly more flexible because I'm cutting out commuting time and whatnot. But I also find it's slightly more draining uh, for me to do everything online. Um, and so I actually need a little bit more recoup time. Um, and I've also learned that from COVID is that I need time for myself, like in order to be able to best serve other people, to give out the best information or best education, or just be there to, as a listening ear. I also need to make sure I'm giving myself time. And so because of that realization, I've really made it a priority. It's like, um, well, later on, you're probably gonna ask what my morning routine is. <laughs> I'll wait for that. But like since COVID every day, I've been going out for walks minimum one hour. So sometimes wow. it's two hours, sometimes it's one hour, sometimes it's three. But like, that's my time to just like unwind and like just reflect. And like, if anything, that also gives me um, more clarity and creativity in that sense too. Where sometimes I'll walk and I'll be like, I'm going to make this like, it was just like come out of nowhere. Right. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that the best thing, well, the one thing going back to your, your question um, is really kind of looking at what's your priorities and then scheduling it in. And that's the way I've been doing it. And, and it's worked really, really well. Amazing. And why are you, I want to know the why behind yeah, what you're okay. doing, right? Because you're so consistent with the content that you produce and I commend you on that, but why, where does that come from? Mm -hmm. I think it has to do with the so part of the reason why I became a dietitian. Um, I didn't mention this before, um, but in when I was in school, I actually developed an eating disorder, which is like so weird because you're like, oh, but you're in school learning about nutrition. How did this eating disorder even develop? And I, it was actually because of the eating disorder that I think I was so interested in nutrition. It was almost like I wanted to gain, I was so interested in like how to become more thin or like, you know, these biohacks and all this kind of stuff. But I used it in a very negative way, right? I used information in a way that basically destroyed my own body. Um, and looking back at those times where really like I, I did not feel well. I did not have the energy that I have now. Um, and so through the recovery process, like that gave me even more realization that there is so much power in what we feed our bodies. And because of that, like now, like 
I feel great now. Like I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, I'm like bang out of the bed. I'm ready to start the day kind of thing. Right. And I want, I want people to have that same enthusiasm for life. And I think that's one of the biggest drivers for me is like, I also want other people to feel how healthy should feel, how like their body shouldn't feel all achy or like they shouldn't feel like they, that they are always really um, like just low energy and fatigue. Like that's not normal. We weren't meant to be like that. Right. There's something underlying that we have to, you know, start solving. Um, and so that's kind of what gives me purpose. It's like when I can help someone, like I just got before talking to you, I had one gentleman. He's like, honestly, like I cannot, like I, he's like, my words can't even describe like how happy I am right now. Like I've seen so many doctors, no doctor ever listens to me in terms of my complaints. And you're the first person who even just listened to me. Like that's all he wanted was someone wow. to listen about his complaints. Right. And just like for, for me to give him a few pieces of advice, that's all he needed. And now he feels way better than before. Right. So like this, it's just like hearing stories like that. It's like, I, that just keeps on fueling me. And like, I want to continue even like my students. It's like when they, um, you know, at the, it's like, honestly, as a teacher, you know, it's a good class when students are waiting in line to speak with you after a lecture, like mm. students usually don't do that. But like in my classes, like, and this is what I miss the most, I think with online teaching, I don't get that as much as like, I still give them time at the end of the class to ask me questions. But like in person, sometimes they'll open up a little bit more. They'll be like, well, in my own personal life, I'm really struggling with this. Like, what do you think can help with it and everything? Right. So like, I, I really get a lot of joy from that as well. Um, and just knowing like, I'm actually able to help other people. Right. So that's really gives me a lot of, yeah, a lot of joy and purpose. Got you. And I want to touch on one thing. Mm-hmm. You, you now offer a service called, and you touched on it earlier, neutral genomics. Yes. Neutral genomics. W- what is that? Yeah, so that's kind of what I was mentioning earlier, again, offline that we talked about how genetics um, affects our nutrient digestion and absorption. Um, So it's really looking at our different genetic SNPs and like our genetic makeup um, and how like say vitamin B12, how it metabolizes, um, vitamin D, vitamin A, all that kind of stuff. So it's not looking at food sensitivities, rather it's actually looking at from a really micro level. So like when we absorb a specific vitamin or mineral, how is it then... um, you know, is able to metabolize in our body? Do we need higher amounts because we may have a enzyme deficiency or maybe Hmm. a conversion factor is lower than normal? Um, So yeah, it's it's really, really cool. Like, I I don't know. I just find that that area is going to explode in the next decade. Have you done it before? Like, have you actually tried it on yourself? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've done it on myself. So I did it. My first test I ever did was five years ago or I think five or six years ago now. Um, And then I just did a recent because so because this area of science is so emerging, um, after a couple of years, they actually noticed like they had enough science to basically look at different genetic SNPs, even like they are offering even more of that now. So there's more nutrients that they're looking at. So I got to do an upgrade uh, with that company as well. Um, So I've been able to see even more of like other nutrients that may affect or may be affected because of my genetics. Got you. And when you looked at your report and did you yeah. try different things based off of the report? How did you feel after yeah. you tried those things? So it's actually really fascinating because some of those things, honestly, it was just a reconfirmation for me where it's like, oh yeah, like no wonder why, like this is what happens when I eat this or like when I don't get enough of this nutrient, I notice this about my body. So it wasn't something that was so, um, I guess, revelation in that sense. Um, it was more of a confirmation in, in some areas, but there was one part where I was like, ooh, this is probably why I had like all these, like I call it atop. So I have eczema. So in the past when I was a child, it was really, really bad. And that's why I went to seek like Chinese, a traditional Chinese um, medicine. 
But part of that, when I looked at my genetics and then I went and actually dived deeper into the biochemical pathways, then I realized I was like, oh, like this is why whenever I ate those certain foods, I would get triggered by it, right? So that Mm. part was really fascinating. Really fascinating was um, just because they have a section on uh, like athletic performance. So they can actually tell if someone has more fast twitch muscle fibers versus slow twitch muscle fibers. Um, and so that part was really, I was like, ah, I was like, this is why I like sprinting or like, this, like so I was like, or like, this is why I build muscle so quickly. Like it doesn't, it never, I, I never understood why, I, why if I was consistent, like with two weeks in the gym, that's just doing squats and like presses, my quads would literally triple in size. And like, I'm not joking. <laughs> like I don't even want big quads, but then <laughs> it like just grows. And I was like, why? Right. And then I looked at their Poor. And I was like, uh, no wonder why. Like, I have a lot of fast twitch muscle fibers than like an average person. So it's just like building muscle is not very difficult for my body type, right? So it's just different things like that. It was just uh, that was kind of cool. <laughs> that sounds interesting. It is. It really is. So what's next for Amanda? <laughs> what is next? Uh, oh, good question. Honestly, right now I. I really like what I'm doing right now. And like, just in terms of my workload. Um, and again, since COVID, I've also changed things where I'm only offering virtual services from now on, uh, which kind of has opened up a little bit more doors. Um, and so moving forward, I actually want to do more, uh, working more on the corporate side and doing um, health initiatives with companies, um, especially if, if we continue on this path of being more online. Um, cause a lot of companies now have reached out to me to do more lunch and learns, but, um, doing it more like a virtual cooking class, just so it's not as boring, like another PowerPoint, like people are just like, Oh, like no more, yes. please. Right. Um, so to have someone just come in, like just have like a dynamic speaker kind of do, doing an actual cooking class, it's just fun. And it's like, it's innovative. And so that's kind of where I want to do more of, um, after doing a couple this past, uh, the past few months, um, I kind of want to have that as a bigger, um, I guess revenue stream for my business got you mm-hmm. but otherwise to- I, I just want to continue whatever i'm doing right now i love teaching <laughs> so. yeah you're just you're just a wealth of knowledge and you i mean you give it freely you give it freely every single day i i love what you're mm. doing This is a purpose round where entrepreneurs, creatives, and social impactors are asked a series of questions that highlight their true purpose. Welcome to the purpose round where we ask the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind our entrepreneurs and their journey. So Amanda, what is your purpose? What is my purpose? My purpose is to educate, equip, and encourage individuals to make healthy eating the easier choice. What is a key everyday habit you do to fulfill your purpose? Well, I mentioned it earlier where I really like taking time for myself and like doing self-care, right? So one of the biggest things for me is I love journaling. Um, So that's something I do every day and I love my morning walks and dancing. So those are probably three things that I do for myself every day (laughs) that gives me life. But also because of that, it gives me energy to serve others. Got you. If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why? Mm. So I was actually thinking this a lot. And I honestly, the one person I would want to spend more time with is actually my grandma. She's just passed now. But I feel like now that I'm at this age, like I would want to ask her so many more questions that I never got a chance to when I was younger or maybe didn't even know what to ask her at that particular time. Um, But she just had 
she was a woman, she had very little education, yet she was able to do so little, like with so little, she was able to do so much. Um, and she was a crazy multitasker. So like, I just want to know all her, all her hacks, <laughs> like honestly. <laughs> so that's who I would, who I would talk to. All right. If you only had a hundred dollars to build your own business, how would you leverage that? Ooh, okay. So if I only had a hundred dollars, um, number one, I would use that money for a website, like a really, really good website with good SEO, um, and just, um, easy to kind of, you know, navigate and, and whatnot. And then with that, so because $100 is not a lot, right? But I would start with that. And then I would head on over to an entrepreneur center. Because <laughs> like, yes. honestly, if I didn't go through the Brampton Entrepreneur Center and all like their training, like I don't think I would be where I am right now. So I'm always so grateful. And the number of people I've met through that program. Um, yeah, it's like, honestly, it's so, like, so valuable. I agree. I agree. What would you say was your most impactful moment? And what did you learn from it? Hmm. In like my entire business, I guess, or like my entire journey so far, your entire journey, life, business, the whole gamut, which one really sticks out to you the most? I think one of the biggest things that stuck out to me is that in the beginning, when I started my, my business, I would take on like every single client, right. That came by my, you know, knocking on my door, sending me an email. And I would just take them on because I was like, I just need business. Right. But then I realized it's like, by doing that, it actually ends up being really draining and not worth it. Like the money is not even worth it at that point because it didn't align with who I want to serve, right? And I truly believe like when people start a business, it's like you have to realize, yes, someone might be doing a company that's very, very similar to you, right? Offering very similar services, but I truly believe that each of us were meant to serve a certain group of people or like certain individuals. Um, and like, you have to make sure that they're aligning with what you want to provide as well. Right. Um, and so once I realized that I was like, okay, do you know what? I'm going to be more picky now. Like I really want to make sure I sift through the people. I want to talk to them to make sure that I'm the right fit to serve them. And they're the right clients for me as well. And with that being said, it's like when you work with the right people, they will also go and tell other people because they yes. just enjoyed your service so much. Whereas the people who like didn't want to work with you were like, you were, you really didn't want to work with them. And you ended up saying yes. It's like, you just get headaches. You're just like stressing. You're like, Oh no, it's client time with this person. Right. And it's just like, it's just not a win-win and there's no point. So that's one thing I would recommend for people. If they're just starting a business. Like don't be like all, you know, get trying to get everyone and anyone like really, really hone in on who are those people you really want to work with. Got you. What would you say is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, this is a good one. So I actually was listening to, I don't know if you've heard this person. Her name is Marie Forleo, but she's a business coach, like an online business coach. Um, and so she was inter interviewing Elizabeth Gilbert um, in her, one of her books. And I love this. I don't want to like, okay, let me see if I can find this actual quote because like, it was so good. Um, okay. She said, um, okay. They were talking about how you know when you're doing something that you love so much. And it is when you don't mind eating the shit sandwich that comes with it. Because the truth mm -hmm. is running a business is not always going to be easy and dandy. And there will be days that's hard. But like if you are okay eating those, right? <laughs> like then like you can you can basically, you know, go go over any obstacle, right? Because you love it so much, it doesn't matter if there was a one bad day or one, you know, hiccup along the way. It's like you're still gonna continue going and going and having that resilience and persistency. 
And so when I heard that, I was like, yes, give me those shit sandwiches and I will eat them <laughs> up. Bro. I'm like, I love what I do and I will continue doing what I do. And even again with COVID, like in the beginning, I was so disappointed just in terms of like, I was like, what's happening in my business? I was like, I'm not getting any calls. And like, while the whole world is crumbling, right? Everyone's like stressing out. <laughs> so it's like, just take a step back and be like, okay, no, just breathe in. Like, what can you do for others at this time? I think that was one of the biggest things too that I thought. I'm like, well, I'm going to still continue creating content. Like, it's okay if people are not paying me for my services. I really like educating people. So I'm going to still put out a bunch of YouTubes. And I, I did so many YouTubes like during the last seven months, like the videos. Um, but yeah, I just like created more content because I just still wanted to help other people got you what would you say are your top three most influential books okay so number one uh that i was actually rereading because when i was i was like okay what what are my three favorite books one of them is tuesdays with maury have you ever read that book i haven't read it i've heard of it Oh, it is such a good book. Everyone needs to listen to this book. There's also a podcast where Oprah, um, she interviews this Mitch Elbum, which is the, uh, the author of that book. Um, so essentially, it's like this, uh, this older man, he has ALS, right? So he's like really slowly deteriorating. And then one of his old students, like somehow their, their paths crossed. And basically, this old man starts teaching him all these like life lessons and really what's the purpose of life, right? Um, mm -hmm. And what you can have to offer. But honestly, if you need a really good cry, that book is is amazing. I love it. <laughs> so that's the first one. Um, the second a book I really, really like is Big Magic, which is the where that shit sandwich quote came from. Mm -hmm. um, so she, it's written by Elizabeth Gilbert. So it's all about creativity, right? And how um, to unleash your creativity and not have it kind of like, like things like perfectionism oftentimes stop people, right? Or when people think that they have to create art or, um, you know, just in terms of new content for others, it's like, she's like, first of all, do it for yourself, like first and foremost, right? Don't do it. Just don't think of everyone else. Like think of yourself and what you can create. And this is where it's really interesting. It's like when you meet a lot of people and you ask them, like, why did you go into that career, that field? Oftentimes it was like, I don't, I don't want to say it sounds selfish, but it's usually for a self-serving purpose. But mm -hmm. with that being said, it's like, but that continues to create that drive and that interest in that person. Right. So I don't think it's a bad thing in any way, but anyways, that, that's another book that I really like. Um, and then the third one um, is it, have you heard of the ones called a man's search for meaning? By I've, heard I've heard of it. I've heard of it. So that book, it's a really, really tiny book. And I had to reread it again during COVID because I was like, why am I here? <laughs> um, but that man survived the Holocaust. And honestly, it's just like, again, he talks about meaning. It's like, if you don't have meaning, you won't get, that's what differentiated people who are able to survive and push on versus like people who like just gave up. Right. Um, so that's another one of my favorite books. <laughs> yeah, that book definitely, I've heard, I've heard a lot of people mention it to me, but I mean, it, it pretty much. I haven't read it, but mm -hmm. the, the synopsis that I've gotten is that it speaks to what I, I, what I, you know, say on this podcast, right? Yes. You have to have a purpose in life in order to truly be successful, really maximize your potential, right? So mm -hmm. I, I definitely mm -hmm. agree with that concept. What is something that you think is true that most people don't agree with you on about business? So with this, so, you know, like with business, people oftentimes just think like, okay, business, we have to think of profit. What's the bottom line? What's our always like return on investment and all this kind of stuff. Right. And I think, yes, of course, like you want to make sure your business is profitable because everyone needs to eat. Right. So like, I'm not going to deny that part of things, but I also like to take a step back and be like, and ask myself always like with my business, like what I still want to continue doing this, even if I didn't have 
any earnings from it. Like if I didn't get any like money commission, nothing out of this, what I still want to do or what I would I still want to offer what I'm offering right now in, ster- in terms of my services, right? So for my industry, it's service-based, right? Um, and so the reason why I, I say that is just because like, if you're able to say like, yes, like I, I would, I would still do this, even if I didn't get paid for it. Like if, if, even if I didn't get paid for it, like that also just shows you like what, like why you're doing the first place, right? It goes back down to that why question, right? Like what is your business doing? And so at the end of the day, like I, I want to be able to, you know, you know, later on, like as my business kind of grows, like I would love to be at the end of my life or near the end, like when I'm retired, like I just want to offer the service for free. Like if I don't, if I really don't need the money, like I would just give it away. Right, go to different countries. I know, speak, help other families. I I would love doing that. So I don't know if if everyone thinks that, but I know it's it's not just money. Like doing it for a business, it's just there's more to that. I agree. I agree. And is there any last piece of value you can leave with our listeners? I think the one thing is is that so many people are scared to like start a new venture or a new business because they think that someone else has already done it already, right? And so, with that being said, it's like I. Honestly, I, I really believe like each up, each up, each one of us, we have our own unique story. We have our own unique way of helping others, uh, talking to others, right? And that own little, like even that little twist in things, right? That people need. So like, just because you again see X, Y, and Z done it already, or they've done really, really well. It's like, why can't you though? Like the world hasn't seen you yet. And, and so just kind of um, remembering that for anyone who wants to, but are too scared to start something. Got you. And how can the Purposeful Story family stay connected with you? Um, so my, my Instagram and my website, they're both W Simplified. Uh, so if you want to find me on my website, wsimplified.com or on Insta, it's also W uh, Simplified. All right. Amanda, thank you for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> no worries. And thank you, Purposeful Story family, for listening to the Purposeful Story podcast. And remember, live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear. Talk soon. This episode was brought to you by my senior editor, Podcast Doc. And the beats were created by DJ Nana. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. All it does is drive more listeners to the podcast as we continue to share more purposeful stories to your eardrums. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.